0: timely just because of the fact that uh, if, you, if you were paying attention the church who never changes their doctrine changed their doctrine this last week the Catholic Church decided that they would sanction gay marriages they're not performing marriages but they're sanctioning them and uh, if they'll change on that they'll change on anything I don't know if you know this but that's one of their pillars of the faith that's, uh, what's the better word for that it's not uh, pillars for them. What's the What's the word? That, baptism, communion, marriage. What are Come on now. Sacraments. sacraments. Yeah, that's one of their seven sacraments. Is marriage, and they just listen. They just took one of their seven most important doctrines and said, Well, we're going to compromise on that. And uh, by the way, they they're going to lead the world and all that stuff. So, anyhow, um, we're going to be in Exodus chapter nineteen. Exodus chapter 19. By the way, he brought it up, so I have to make mention of it here, but how many of y'all would like to hear a good old Paul Harvey rerun again? This says, Paul Harvey, good day. <laughs> if you grew up with that, you, you waited for it every day. That was a big deal, you know. Anyhow, Exodus chapter uh, 19 and verse uh, 1. I'm going to be teaching and preaching from the whole... Uh, portion of scripture here but uh, have a lot to cover and so if you will uh, let's let's get through it as fast as we can the Bible says in the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai and they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness and there Israel camped before the mount and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called him uh, out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagle's wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all the words uh, which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. By the way, he's going to come down in a thick cloud so nobody can see him, but they can hear his voice so that they know that the message came from God. Moses didn't go up there and make this up. Okay. The Bible says, "And, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people unto Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. By the way, just so that you can understand this, because it takes a minute to get your mind around this, he essentially brought them to a place, put a limit on it, and then he said, you can't come any closer than this. So there's a boundary on both sides, okay? There's a boundary on both sides. Uh, That'll be important here in a minute. Uh, The Bible says, verse 13, There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpets sound long, uh, they shall come up to the mount. By the way, God wasn't going to kill them. They were responsible for killing them if they touched the mount. The Bible says that Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were uh, thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And you can imagine, folks, they're hearing the, the voice of God. I don't know about you. If you heard the voice of God all of a sudden would your knees buckle? Amen. And the Bible says, And Moses brought forth uh, people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount, okay, if you will, on the far side of the mountain. And, uh, uh, And Mount Sinai was altogether a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in a fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by voice, and the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. He's warning them, Don't come here. Don't don't try to get a don't try to look at me. Okay. You would remember later, uh, uh, Moses said, I just want to see your face. He says, you can't see my face and live. If, if, if you see me with sin, you die, okay? Uh, and and uh, we'll get to that at another time. But 23, it says, and Moses said unto the Lord, the people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, set bounds about the Mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee, But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people and spake to them. Now, if you're familiar, chapter 20 gives us the Ten Commandments, okay? So the next thing that happens is he gets the Ten Commandments, okay? But for our purposes today, I want you to go down to verse 18, okay? Chapter 20, verse 18. And the Bible says this, it says, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Okay, listen, they didn't have to be warned twice about getting away from the mountain. (laughs) They went as far away from the mountain as they could. They're scared to death. The Bible says, And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not, if he will. He's saying, he's just trying to get your attention. Amen. The Bible says, And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus shall ye say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Oh, excuse me, I, I, I read the verse I needed to get to. Let's pray. Father, we love you, we thank you now for the privilege to open your word, give us understanding in it, and Father, help us to apply it, help us to use it for witnessing, and, and Father, we just pray that it draw us closer to you. We love you now, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. I, I've entitled this message uh, this morning in Sunday School here, Teaching Them to Observe, and you'll see why here in a second. If you think about it, what is the gospel formula? The gospel formula is get them saved, get them baptized, and get them trained up okay? And if you think about it, when you get them saved, if you will, uh, all these things have happened in that order to the nation of Israel, okay? Now, you got to think about it to apply it, but if you will, he got them saved. He delivered them from Egypt, okay? And so he got the nation of Israel saved. He delivered them from Egypt. He rescued them. By the way, that's what the word saved means. He, he rescued or delivered them. The second thing is he got them baptized, I don't know if you know this, but the Bible says that abundantly clearly in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, that they went through the sea, and they went under the cloud, and they were baptized unto Moses. That's what the Bible says. Well, uh, you could look that up, like I said, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. And and so, if you will, they were baptized when they crossed the Red Sea. If you remember what happened there, they were a, a, a group of people who, who were just a nation in, you know, in Egypt. And God separated them. He said, all those who don't believe, you either die or stay here. And those of you who believe, you come with me. Okay? And so, if you will, they got saved. And then he said, these ones are mine. And, folks, when they got on the other side, they were a whole new nation, if you will. They were the nation of Israel, the children of God. Y'all understand that? What is the purpose for baptism? Hey, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I, I want to identify with Christ now, okay? And so we practice the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ whenever we baptize somebody. Everybody understand that? And so it, by one of the purposes of baptism is identification. I am now a Christian, okay? Uh, we know it joins them to a church and everything like that, but that, 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 another sermon for another day. And so if you will, he got them saved, he got them baptized, and now here at Mount Sinai, he's training them up. He is teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And by the way, is that not the gospel? Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. You know, whenever the Bible says that Israel is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, they are our role model, and they parallel us in so many ways that we can actually, if you'll see it, okay, you can take and get a lot out of it. And so that's what we want to do. We want to take and we want to see that here, at this point, God is now teaching them to observe. Now, what? how can we apply this to our lives, okay? How can we apply this, these, these things to ourselves? Well, first off, we see, how did he do it? How did he, if you will, teach them to observe? Well, uh, go to Exodus chapter 3, if you will. Exodus chapter 3, I'll show you. In Exodus chapter 3, God made a promise to Moses when he first started him on this adventure, at least by the time he had identified himself as as I am and and the like. And so in Exodus chapter 3 here, the Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now, here in our text, it called it Sinai, which is a desert. It's a region, okay? And then it talks about it being the mountain, Sinai, okay? That's not really its, its um, name. And I haven't seen it. Would to God I could. But uh, you cannot visit this mountain today because it's in Saudi Arabia. And if anybody's interested, I have a wonderful book. It's called The Mountain of God. I have there's actually two or three books that have been written, but they were all written by members of the same expedition, okay? And they literally had to take and sneak into Saudi Arabia. Listen, at the hazard of their life, okay? And they 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 took and they hiked this mountain, and it has all the marks and all the identifying uh, marks that you would expect. For one thing, it's, it's black on top of this mountain that they found. It's called Jabal el-Lawz is what they call it, if, if you know whatever language that is. Okay, I'm assuming that's Arabic, okay? And um, it, it's black on top. Why? Uh, folks, I don't know if you know this, but whenever you, whenever you put fire to granite, it turns it black. Okay, and so the mountain, uh, when God came down, the Bible says he came down in a fire, Okay, it was a consuming fire. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, our God is a consuming fire. And so when he came down in his presence, in his essence, he was literally melting the top of that mountain. Y'all understand that? And if you will, if you were able to go to this mountain today, you would be able to see that. They actually took some pictures, and, and, and if you want to see the book, you can see the book. And, and whether you believe it or not, it's up to you. I know this. We can believe this book. okay. And so we do know this, that uh, it, it was known as Horeb, it was known as the mountain of God, it was known as Sinai. Sinai was the region, Horeb was probably its name, and the mountain of God was, if you will, its distinction as this is where God meets with men. If you're not familiar, God met with Moses here, God met with Elijah here, and God met with the Apostle Paul here okay? And so whenever God wanted to take and reveal himself to somebody, quite often he brought them to this mountain, all right? And so, uh, if you will, uh, they returned to the mountain of God. And by the way, that was a promise that God had made to Moses. Skip down, we're still in chapter 3. Look at verse 12, look at verse 12, and God makes this promise here. He says, and he said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee. By the way, what's a token, guys? Yeah, a sign or a symbol, okay? Meaning this, this will be, if you will, the thing that proves to you that I'm going to keep my word, okay? And so what he's saying is, he's saying, after you do everything I commanded you to do, you're going to come back here, and this will be a sign to you that I'm with you, okay? And so in verse 12, he says, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. You will serve me here on this mountain here. And so this was a fulfillment of a promise. Now, how does that apply to us? Okay. Let's think about it. Uh, Go back to our text, if you will. Uh, We're in chapter 19. In chapter 19, look at verse 1 again, and you're familiar. But the, the Bible says here in verse 1, it says that it had taken them three months since Pharaoh said, get out till they come to this mountain, right? Now, if you will, a month is 30 days. Actually, a month is 28 days, okay? Because that's how long it takes for the moon to go around the earth, okay? 28 days. So that's literally how long a month is, all right? We add days to make up the year, okay? But a month, moon, that's what month means, okay, moon. Uh, it took them three, three months. Now, my, my point in that is this. It could have been, folks, uh, so let me do my math here. 94 days. Am I doing my math right? Or is it 84 days? Thank you, 84 days. And so it's 84 days, and could it have been 85 days? Could have been 83 days? Get a hold of this. Folks, it was 84 days for a reason, all right? And because anytime God puts something in the Bible, there's a detail for us. It took three months, okay? Well, how long was Jesus in the heart of the earth? Three days and three nights okay and so sometimes numbers mean things all right now i gotta be honest with you i'm just bringing that up because god put it in the text i don't know exactly what it means three months okay but he also said sanctify yourself for three days okay so two times in this text he says three months three days okay and so three has a significance there uh, uh, and, and if you see it uh, please give it to me but uh, i'm just telling you that there is a significance there uh, but if you will, uh, they return to the Mount of God to be what? To be taught, okay? And folks, if we're going to take and we're going to be taught, we've got to return to God, okay? Who, who teaches us all things? Talk to me now for a second. Who teaches us all things? The Holy Spirit, the one who walks along beside us, okay? And the Bible says he will not speak of himself, but he will speak of me. Jesus saying he'll speak of me, meaning he'll teach us and he'll help us to understand the things that we need to know. And so the Holy Spirit of God is with us to help us to understand. All right. And so if we're ever going to be taught, ultimately, do we need a a teacher sometimes? Yes. Do we need a church sometimes? Yes. Amen. But you're not really going to learn anything until God teaches it to you. Help me for a second here. Can a pastor or a Sunday school teacher help? Yes. Can an evangelist like Philip help? How can I, except some man guide me? Amen? But I I will tell you this. You can't really understand unless the Lord gives you the understanding. Here's the way I use this illustration. And this really goes very well along with with, uh, staying true, not compromising. Um, How many of you all are willing to compromise things you don't understand? Maybe you didn't understand the question, <laughs> all right? But honestly, things that you don't care about and things you don't understand, huh? Ah, right? But if God gives you a conviction, can I just tell you this? A conviction is something that you hold to your core. Why? Because God gave it to you. You all understand? And so what I say is this, is a lot of times, unfortunately, Christians have what I call our secondhand convictions, Meaning what? Well, you should carry a certain Bible because brother so-and-so did. You should wear a certain kind of glasses because brother so-and-so did. You should wear a certain kind of shoes. And by the way, if you think I'm joking about that, many of you guys know I'm not. Okay? Meaning, why do you do that? Well, brother so-and-so taught me that. I appreciate that. Okay? But please take this the right way. If you're taught of man, you're taught of man. But if you're taught of God, you're taught of God. Now listen, should God's man be pointing people to God? Come on, help me. <laughs> Amen? He should, okay? But my whole point is this, is be careful that you observe the Lord. Uh, what was so honorable about the people at Berea? They, they were more noble than the Thessalonians, and that they went home and they saw if those things were so. Meaning what? They, they looked at the scriptures and they said, teach us, teach us, teach us. And then they went home for themselves and they said, I see it. Why? Because God showed it to me. Amen. And I will promise you this. When I do these Sunday school lessons, a lot of times I take and I get things out of here that are a blessing that I can't communicate because you just run out of time. Okay? But I will tell you this, if you go home and, and, and maybe God touched a certain point or something like that, and you meditate on it, say, so, you know, even if you're saying, well, I'm not sure that was right, or what did he mean by that, or, or, or I don't you know, you go home and say, Lord, show it to me. Amen. Can I just tell you this? How many of y'all believe the Lord would show it to you? We can't be taught to observe until we come into the presence of the Lord. Amen. We've got to come into the presence of the Lord. Well, how do we do that? He tells us. Look what the Bible says in verses 10 through 15, and we already read it, so I'm not going to read it again, but the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Moses, get thee unto the people and sanctify them, okay? How do you sanctify somebody? If you don't know what I'm doing here, it's because you're not from those backgrounds. But folks, I can't walk through this audience and sprinkle water on you and go, they're sanctified, okay? The Bible tells us, he says, go home and wash your clothes. Well, folks, clothes are a covering. True? Do you all have a covering on today besides your clothes? How do you get a covering as a Christian? Everybody's whispering. Somebody say it out loud. Salvation. Salvation. But salvation, there's a lot of names for salvation, right? And so what aspect of salvation gives us our covering? And the answer to that is our atonement, Okay. That's literally what the word means, our atonement. So when we're saved, you cannot be sanctified unless you're saved. What what do we call people who uh, who pretend, okay, I, I say this lovingly, but can people pretend to be Christians? I mean, they put on the clothes, and they shine their shoes, and they sit in the right pew, and they sing louder than everybody else, amen? But I'll tell you this, they inside know that they're pretending, Okay. How can we be sanctified? Meaning this, you can't come into the presence of God to understand until first you're cleansed. You've got to be covered. You've got to have clean clothes. Amen. And we know this, that there's an aspect of being cleansed by the blood. That makes us cleansed every whit. Is that what the Bible says? Amen. Uh, Remember, uh, uh, Jesus was washing their feet, you know, and uh, Peter says, you'll never wash my feet. He says, unless I wash your feet, you're you're none of mine amen he says he says my head and my hands also he says listen if you've been cleansed you need to only wash your feet what was he saying you can't lose the cleansing but you can get dirty in the world y'all understand that and so if you will for us to get close if you will to to be clean you've got to be clean by the shed blood of jesus christ amen but we also know this uh sometimes we can't understand our bible Sometimes we can't pray. Why? Because we have unconfessed sin. And I I would tell you this, when you come into the presence of God, you want to be clean. Is anybody here without sin? Well, be careful about that. Because if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, he took your sin upon him. Come on. Okay? Why am I saying this? Folks, sometimes we can be too desirous to be humble before God. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm just a wicked old sinner. No, you're not. You're, you're a redeemed child of God. You've been bought with a price. You've been paid for. You've been cleansed every whit. Come on, Amen. I don't know about you, that would be something to be excited about, amen? But we do sin in thought and in deed uh, by by doing something or not doing something. And, and, you know, the Bible says sometimes our prayers is like we're praying to a brass ceiling, okay? They're not getting through. How many of y'all know God can still hear us? But the Bible says he won't hear us. Why? If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. True? And so if you will, for us to come into the presence of God, we've got to come through Christ. Okay? And so if, if, if we, it, it, and by the way, you can't grow in the Lord until first you're born of God. It makes sense, okay? And so if you will, you're born of God, and then you're cleansed. What? Take the time to take and to confess your sin. Why? So that you can learn and grow, okay? And so we got to be cleansed, and then we got to be spiritually focused. Now, God doesn't put any details in his Bible by accident. Look at verse 15. There's one that just kind of jumps out, Okay? And the basic, it says this, it says men don't come at your wives, okay? It means don't have relationship with your wife, okay? And the whole point behind that is there's nothing unclean. The marriage bed is undefiled. What he's saying is, I don't want you thinking about normal things. I want you thinking about me. Y'all with me? And so what he says, for three days, because I'm getting be ready to talk to you, I want you to give yourself wholly to me, not wholly to your wife. Y'all understand that? And so in a sense, it's saying this, be clean and then come with a reverential, respectful, single focus, okay? Uh, Anybody here have trouble praying sometimes because your mind's going bing, 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 bing? Well, if that happens in prayer, how many of y'all think that happens when we're studying our Bible? And so God is saying this, listen, take care of the things, get yourself clean, and get yourself focused. Because I'm getting ready to tell you something, all right? Now, uh, you guys remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials? Is E.F. Hutton even in business anymore? Does anybody know? When E.F. Hutton talks, people... Now, do you all remember what we're supposed to do as soon as we say that? You all remember the commercial? I'm seeing how many old people we have out here. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to be in your 50s or puff to know that one. Uh, but when E.F. E. Hutton speaks, people listen and everybody would lenient just like that can I say this when the Lord's speaking you know what he's saying make sure nothing's hindering your ability to hear that's just the old hand sound trumpet right there that's called my wife's talking I better hear this you guys know what I'm talking about and so it's the same way if you will well it's obviously more important but when the Lord I just dig and I'm going to stop digging okay <laughs> alright but the whole point is this, is, guys, if we're going to observe some things and the Lord is speaking to us and we've taken the time to get clean and to get focused, then we ought to give him our full attention. Amen. And so, if you will, uh, that we need to return to the mountain of God. We need to focus on the one who can help us to observe all things. And then the second thing that we, we see here is God gives him a, a conditional promise. Now, a lot of the promises of God are unconditional. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Unconditional. If you ask, okay, it's conditional, I'm asking, I guess, but the whole point is this, is he's not gonna deny you, okay? And when it came to Abraham, he says, all the land you've seen, I'm giving it to you. He didn't say, if you do this, if your children do that. He said, I'm giving this to you. And folks, I I, I tell you, the Muslims can do all they want to try to drive Israel into the sea. They probably ought to remember God said, I gave it to them. It's not because they are good people or anything. I gave it unconditional promises. Amen. That's why when the devil comes up and whispers in the the Lord's ear, he can say, no, no, I washed them. I washed them. Amen. And so anyhow, I love the Lord's unconditional promises. But notice this. This does apply to us observing, okay? Because observing is, is not just understanding what God wants us to do. It's doing it. Y'all understand? And, and, and so God doesn't just want us to be, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. No, now that you know, do it. Okay? And so if you will, he says in, in verse 5, he says, If you will obey my voice and keep my commandments. Y'all see that? If you will obey and keep. That, that word keep it means guard or protect. Meaning what? Meaning you do all that you can to make sure that you can. Uh, did any of y'all have to do some things yesterday to make sure that you'd be here today? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's called keeping the commandments. That's guarding things so that you can be here. Okay. That's making choices and determinations so that you can keep these things right. Okay. And so that, that word's an important word. So he says, obey my voice and keep my commandments. Amen. I want you to think about that. That's a, that's a good Old Testament thing, isn't it? Obey my voice and keep my commandments. Folks, Jesus said the very same thing to us. Could you go to the book of John, please? John chapter 8. John chapter 8, look at verse 31. This is Jesus speaking here. He says this, he says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Is he talking to his own? Amen. Amen. He says this, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Amen? If then. By the way, that word continue, what's that mean? Well, you just keep reading your Bible, keep reading your Bible, keep reading your Bible. That's not what it means at all. The, the word continue, anytime you see it in the Bible, you can pretty much guarantee it means abide. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Amen? And so, if you will, if ye abide in me and my words abide, remain, continue, dwell—that's what the word means. Okay, meaning that if 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 you just are, if you rooted in Christ, Amen. Then, okay. Uh, and, and so, if you will, uh, again, look at it. it says then Jesus uh, said, "Jesus to, to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth." Amen. And we know the rest of it, but folks, that's the blessing of doing what he says. Let my word remain in you and keep my commandments. Okay? So he's saying there, he says, continue my word indeed, and you shall know the truth. Say it with me. And the truth shall make you free. Wow. Free from what? That's a whole sermon. That's a whole sermon, but he will make you free. Liberate you. Amen? Liberate your soul and liberate your mind and liberate your life. And if you will, it's, it's like I said, it's a whole sermon. It would be a wonderful thing to take and think about and meditate on. Meaning this, folks, if we're going to learn and grow, God does give us a conditional promise. You've got to continue in my word. Amen. Not just learning it, but obeying it. Uh, by the way, why is obeying it important to learning Y'all been eating too many sugar cookies. I'm guilty of the same thing. Why is it important to obey what you've learned to learn more? Okay, very good. You practice it, and so you grow that way, certainly. Okay. You're forgetting one thing, guys, and even as parents, I know you practice this. Why are you going to teach them anything? There you go. Why are you going to teach them anything more until they learn the foundational lesson? Go with me. You're not going to teach them to drive until you teach them how to make their bed, right? If you can't keep a room, we're not giving you keys. You guys understand? And so the Lord's the same way. And so He's saying this: If you if you'll take and learn and grow, I'll give you more. And you can learn and grow and learn and grow and learn and grow. Amen. And and so if you will, God is God is the one teaching us this principle here, but it's a conditional thing. If you will do this, then I will do that. Amen? Amen? And then he also says this, that we must be, he says, he said to the nation of Israel, you're going to be a peculiar treasure unto me, in verse 5, you can go back there, but stay, stay with me. Above all people, and you're going to be a kingdom priest to me. It's interesting to me. Uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 13, he gives seven different parables. It's kind of the parable chapter of, of Matthew One of those parables was about a man that went into a field and he found a a, a treasure hidden in a field. Remember that? And he went and he sold all that he had and he bought the field. Well, folks, think about this. He just said that Israel was that peculiar treasure. Remember how I said you can understand just about anything in the Bible if you compare Scripture with Scripture? And a lot of people like to argue well, what was that peculiar treasure? He already told you what the peculiar treasure was. The peculiar treasure is. Is, uh, is the nation of Israel well folks what's it mean that he bought the whole field a sower went to sow seed and he sowed it into his field and the field was the the world scripture interprets scripture and so Jesus went and bought the whole world just so he could have Israel Is that exciting? Because we're the next parable. He said he also found a pearl of great price. That's us. <laughs> we're the pearl of great price, folks. Aren't you glad he bought all these things just so he could have us as a peculiar treasure unto himself, amen? And so if you will, we see here that, uh, uh, the, that if they would do this, they would be a peculiar treasure unto him above all people, and there'd be a kingdom of priests. And folks, I want you to know That as Christians, we've been given very similar promises. Can you go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2? 1 Peter chapter 2. One thing you need to understand about 1 Peter is 1 Peter was written to um, Jewish Christians. Okay? He talks about... uh, Uh, In verse 1, he talks about strangers scattered. Okay, well, those strangers were, uh, if you will, uh, Hebrew believers, Jewish believers, whatever you want to call them, who are scattered into the Gentile world here. He's writing things to encourage them and comfort them, all right? And then he says in verse uh, 3, he says this. uh, He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. By the way, they were Hebrew believers, but they're members of the church. Don't 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 confuse things, okay? He's talking to a New Testament group here, okay? But I'm just saying he's giving it to this audience because this audience would understand what he was talking about, okay? Verse 4, it says, "...to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through the faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time." Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, excuse me, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I did it again. Please forgive me. I knew I wasn't getting to the right verse. <laughs> that is, uh, here's the whole thing. I read all that in my studies to get where I was, so I thought I was going somewhere. Go to v- chapter 2, I'm sorry. Go to chapter 2. And I'll, I'll let you read this for yourself, okay? But verse 9 is, is the verse that we need to go to, so we'll just skip ahead to that. In verse 9 it says this, and he's talking to the church here. He says, you are a chosen generation of a what a royal priesthood, remember that? He said, you're going to be a kingdom of priests to me. Amen? He says, an holy nation, a peculiar people. By the way, he's not talking about Israel here. He's talking about Christians here. Okay? He says that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, Which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Uh, For sake of time, I'll move on. But folks, as Christians, we've been given very similar promises, if you will, about what a special relationship that we have with God, if we will. Okay? Um, How many of y'all think it's important to be a church member? And let me just say this. It is. It is. Now, do you have to be a church member to go to heaven? No, you do not. But did you have to be a Jew to go to heaven in the Old Testament? No. You know what you had to do in the Old Testament to be, go to heaven? You had to believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh, you guys hear a guy named Melchizedek? He was a priest who is compared to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, not a Jew. Y'all with me? Were there other believers who weren't Jews? Absolutely. But was there a benefit in being a Jew? Absolutely. Why? Because you're going to be the head of all nations. You're a choice unto me. Amen. And I will tell you this. A lot of people can go to heaven. Amen. But there is a, a, a good reward for being in the church. That's what he's talking about here, okay? And so he's talking about that if relationship here. All right, so we see here, first off, that uh, we need to be taught to observe by returning to the mountain of God, if you will, getting to the presence of God, by offering them a conditional promise, meaning if we accept that conditional promise, God will provide these these blessings and these promises. And then, last of all, we see this, uh, for us to observe, he instilled genuine fear in them. Now, I will tell you this, um, I've worked with youth and my own children most of my life. My point is I've been trying to lead people most of my life, a lot of, a lot of young people, okay? And um, any, any of y'all use these same techniques with your own kids? Uh, if uh, you're trying to get their attention, you look at them you know what I'm talking about what's that supposed to do yeah especially if Ryan you're just sitting there you just <laughs> thank you for volunteering <laughs> he's smiling but inside he's <laughs> 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 have you ever used your deep voice Maybe y'all don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about this the other day. I'm not a screamer. But you probably don't want me whispering. (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about? Those are just techniques to what? Put a little fear in them. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying to take and to abuse somebody. I'm talking about how sometimes if you're going to teach somebody, you've got to get their attention. Look me in the eye. Can you hear what I'm saying? Come on. And if that don't work, then you just, I don't know how you disciplined. The Bible says use a rod. We had one. It was the Board of Education. You guys have one? And you would just kind of peek over at that and say we can do it one or two ways. You guys know what I'm talking about? Well, folks, he's getting ready to give them the Ten Commandments, okay? And God, could God come any way he wanted to? Yeah, you remember how he started with Moses? He started with the burning bush. And think about it. What was the burning bush designed to do? It was designed to spark his curiosity. He says, I'm going to go over and see this thing, okay? That's what it says, okay? I'm going to go over and see this thing. Meaning what? I've seen bushes burn before, but I've never seen one keep burning, uh, we burned our garden this, this last week, you know, since it's spring and all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we burned our garden, and, and you, you want to see something burn fast? Is is as old asparagus plants? You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're just all wispy and withery, and boy, that fire hits them. And <laughs> okay, and and, I'm, and and if you will, he was used to whenever the bushes caught on fire, just. <laughs> This one just kept burning and burning and burning. It's like, what in the world? Bushes don't burn like that. And so it's designed to create curiosity. Folks, when he came down as fire this time, it was designed to intimidate. Why? You remember what he said when Moses came down? This is his commandments. And if you will, all the people said all the things that he said, we will do. You ever had a, one of your kids make you promise, oh, I'll take care of it? Mm-hmm. Right? And then it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. And then you have to t- put the fear in them. If it doesn't get done next time, here's what's going to happen. Y'all with me? By the way, I, I believed in counting. One. I'm done counting. <laughs> you guys with me? <laughs> okay. Don't count. Why? Because I taught my kids to respect me. That's what I was taught. Listen, in my home, if dad looked at you like this, you better know what that meant. You guys all with me? Why? Because he wanted me to respond. I'll use this illustration. I've used it before. I'm ran out of time. I I raised my kids that way, and my daughter Hannah, we were out uh, collecting rocks one time, and and we're walking, and she is literally getting ready to step on a rattlesnake, okay? And uh, she's walking, and I said, Hannah, stop. And she literally stopped like this, Don't because I said, Hannah, stop, okay? One more step, she would have been bitten by the snake. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that why did she stop so fast? Well, because I expected her to obey when I said something. You all understand that? Okay? And so God is saying, you just said, whatever I told you to do, you would do. By the way, how long did it take him to break that? Moses was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. And the day he came down, they were breaking it. They hadn't even seen the, the copy of the text yet. <laughs> and they couldn't keep their word 40 days. And God said, make sure they hear my voice on that mountain. Why? So that they know I wrote it and you didn't. They saw all that going on and still said, where did Moses go? Okay. And God says, get a hold of this. I am a consuming fire. Don't touch this mountain. Anybody who does will be stoned to death or struck through. And the Bible says that their response was that they went to the nether part or the hind part, if you will, of the mountain. They literally said, God, it it overwhelmed them. Well, please take this. One of the reasons that we have so much compromise and one of the reasons that we have so few people actually doing what the Bible says is because there is no fear of God before their eyes. And folks, we will never learn and never grow past what we want or desire until we fear God enough to fall down before him and say, God, I want what you desire. And we cannot learn and grow until that happens. And folks, he taught that lesson on Mount Sinai to the nation of Israel for our benefit. And I don't know where we are in all this. Most of us are probably going, well, I got this covered, I got this covered. Can I tell you this? I could always fear God more. I know I can. Because I have yet, I, I, I'm convicted by this every time I sin. I'm let you in a little secret. Your pastor sins, Okay. Please forgive me um every time i do i do it consciously and so do you and with a little bit more fear of god before my eyes maybe i'd learn not to do that amen praise the lord pray the lord bless that